Howdy, everybody. I'm Cisco Naira with Humidity Podcast, the sister of Humidity, Houston's bike courier zine. This was a bike messenger zine that started back in 1998. It ran month to month for tres años. It was about the bike messenger lifestyle and culture. Now we're bringing it to you in audio. We are continuing the conversation a decade and a half later with a new perspective from H-Town to the world. We'll be talking to ex-bike messengers, current bike messengers, and friends of bike messengers. So sit back, take a ride, and enjoy the show. Welcome, Humidity Podcast listeners, to episode number two. Just want to give you guys a quick heads up that uh, due to this recording, uh, we had some uh, interference with the AM Mexican radio station. So if you hear that in the background, uh, it might be a little annoying, but uh, I just actually wanted to run with this uh, episode. So uh, sit back, enjoy. And I believe episode three has the same issue, but from there on out, you won't get that issue. So uh, enjoy this episode, and we'll see you soon. All right, everyone, welcome back to Humidity Podcast, issue number two. Right now, I'm sitting with the one and only Mason Courtney, um, a.k.a. Mason, <laughs> which that's the first thing we should talk about because I got I got to complain about that goddamn nickname. Okay, good because uh, I was gonna bring that up <laughs> to okay, begin. With. That's the first point. So, um, I guess go ahead and state for me, you know, uh, um, what's going on with you? What's your occupation? What do you do now? I know you're a retired bike messenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, uh, give me the year you believe you were in downtown. I know it's a, that was a long time ago, but tell me. Uh, what year did you start, and when do you think you ended? Um, I started 96 or 97. Okay. It was before 9-11, because oh. I was in Beaumont for 9-11. I started in 96, and I, I know you came after yeah, that, so it might have been like 97. Okay, 97 98. Now, how long were you on the bike for, and who did you work for? Name the companies you worked for. I don't remember the companies I worked for. <laughs> Sterling Legal. But they, I remember them. They turned into they turned into Sterling Legal. I don't remember what they were called before. I think that was the first company I worked for. Dude, I started with uh, the pizza guy, uh, Hector. Hector. Um, uh, Joey's Pizza. Joey's Pizza. Um, okay. Hey, there's a lot of stories about that. Too. <laughs> dude, he died. Hector, Joey? Hector? H- Hector died. Really? Somebody told me that Hector died. Uh, I know. You remember Taco Nation took over that spot? Yeah. The guy, uh, what was his name? The young kid or the old No, guy? he was the older guy with the glasses. He ended up passing away. Uh, I think he had like Hep C or something. I think OMT. Uh-huh. I don't call him OMT. I call him I don't either. Yeah. Um, Tim, I think, told me Hector died. No, I think he was talking about, I think his name was David. He owned Taco Nation, had died. No, because Tim, Tim and I di- worked together at oh, yeah. the, the pizza place. Yeah. Uh, I remember somebody, I don't know who, Joey's Pizza, but I remember someone drew a a cartoon character. The pizza? Yeah, it was you holding a pizza, and the pizza had flies all over it. And I caught so much shit for that, dude. Oh, because yeah. uh, Hector was an advertiser? Yeah, he was an he advertiser. He was the first company, not me. He, he <laughs> Back in the day when I did... Uh, do humidity. I someone I on, more, I, I on more than one occasion I delivered a pizza and a roach came out of that fucking because yeah, all those be bags were kept in that place was a fucking giant roach den. Oh, right Didn't it have like an, an attic or something? Yeah, yeah and then like I, I that's one where his brothers, office was one, or yeah, something with up there at the top. Yeah. <laughs> But he, someone drew that pizza of you, and it had flies on it. And I remember they paid me to put advertisement in the humidity. They, I don't know, they gave me like twenty, thirty, forty bucks just to put, to put an ad, to put an ad, oh. like a Joey's Pizza ad. Oh no! And then I thought that you were no, 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 not the whole, no, 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 no. But uh, I remember Evil Twin was working there at the time, and I gave him a copy of Humidity, and he went in there. 
and he, I remember one, he showed it to Hector. Yeah, one of them was Hector upset. was pissed, well, man. The, one of he the was, twins, whichever. I think yeah, even twins. even Evil Twin was pissed. He goes, "That's fucked up, man." He kept on saying, "That's slander, man. Slander. Why are you doing this, dude? That's slander." That's and I, I didn't catch it though. Like, didn't read it. Like yeah, because all right, look. Let me tell you. When I used to print humidity, I'd get everyone's submission. And I would stay up for 24 hours. Putting it together. 24 fucking hours. Putting it. Co- it was a copy and paste, you know. It wasn't until later the years D-Y. went by I started. Yeah, it was a total zine. I would stay up all night copying and pasting and putting this thing together. And, like, I was, like, red eye. And, you know, I'd slap stuff together. And sometimes I wouldn't. The editing was horrible. Who I mean, but it? that was. Who printed it for you? Uh, man, I had a couple of different people who did the printing under, for me. Under the. Yeah, under, awesome. it was either under the table or I I, draw, I, I did a lot of Kinkos for a while. Like, sure. I just went to Kinkos, and they loved it, man. When They, 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 they were excited whenever I bought it. I was like, oh, yeah, the next issue. And dude, there was just so much. There was so much. That's cool. I didn't care. It was free speech, you know what I'm saying? It's like, let's just print it. I don't care. So um, when he saw that copy, dude, he had to talk with me. He was like, tell kid to come and see me. When uh, I, I remember I, I was really embarrassed because I didn't want... I was used to getting picked on by you guys because I knew I was a fucking pizza boy, you know? I wasn't a courier, and I never tried to act like a courier. Uh-huh. I'd come and hang out the at the tower, but I wouldn't, you know, try and be one of y'all. No, and you were one a courier, of us, dude. I, I know. You, I mean, you I worked down the there. How long were you down there, though? You said, okay, 97. Dude, I got, in a, I got in a wreck. I got bumped by a car on the bridge over Maine, and my front tire dropped into the split. And I broke my thumb, so I stopped doing it for however long and then went to my dad's house in Beaumont to recoup, and I went to school, and then I think I came back for like a year. I think I was like five years, four or five years. Five years, so you said you were downtown. Oh, wait, you weren't in downtown September 11th, though, right? No, I was in Beaumont. Okay, so you had quit already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah I was working at a bike shop. That was a weird day. Yeah, it was. I was downtown when it downtown? happened. Yeah. I'm so glad I wouldn't do That's another story, though. Yeah, I would have been a basket kid. They shooting. <laughs> you remember that from? He said, they shoot. I'm going to get you, sucker. They shooting. They shooting. <laughs> Every superhero needs a theme song. <laughs> that movie's great. You got to watch it. All right. So, um, let's, let's. Over the years. Uh, through events that I've done, you know, I mean, I've always into something, some type of bike event. They're like, dude, let me just say thank you for helping me out with sure. all those insane events that I, that I stayed up 24, 48 hours to do back in the day, too. But I mean, you always came out, help, even with goal sprints, dude. Thanks. Uh, but what is Mason Courtney up to today? <laughs> Eating meat. <laughs> Listening to the Mexicans underneath my voice. Listen to him. Uh, what am I up to today? Uh, I don't know. I work for Chris Whalen at Court Records Research. I'm a process server. Uh, I, I'm the same as I always been. I hang with myself. <laughs> I make my own music. I, I'm in my own little world. I don't, I mean, literally have been doing the same thing for, since I was 16 years old. I mean, just trying to find my own happiness, I guess. Cool. Well, the, the premise to this uh, Humidity Podcast is like, I'm trying to uh, interview current messengers, which today in downtown, there's only like seven guys, at least. But when we were down there in the late 90s and early millennium, there was like 100 bike messengers in downtown. So like, I mean, there's a lot of podcasts to come, guys, because uh, I'm going to try to get a hold of every single bike messenger. And there was a lot that came through, you know, just even if they were down there for a month or two months or a year. But, man, there were so many guys who who lasted, you know, so long on the bike. And, you know, there's still some guys that are down there since then, dude. So I'm going to try to get a hold of those guys, too, and get, you know, a little one-on-one. But, you know, just trying to... The, the whole thing about this podcast is like reaching out to people who were bike messengers at one time and you know what's going on today you know this is almost 20 years later you know so basically that's 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 what's up but also to tell the stories you know there's a, a lot of funny stories man i mean some i could pull out issues of humidity and we can sit here and just roll 
on some of the stuff that I put on there, but uh, we'll say that for another day. Uh, all this is just audio now, but in the future, I'd like to get, you know, I'll invite you back on again and we can do a video and, and definitely uh, talk about, you know, this, some of the zine times and get into more detail on different stories. But I guess uh, I'd like to say, too, is uh, uh, give me, give me, give me. All right, I'm going to give you two categories here, like a craziest moment in downtown on the bike and then give me your funniest moment. And then I'm going to give you uh, one of my moments in downtown with you. All right. Oh, what, on how okay. everything starts. So three things. Craziest moment on the bike in downtown. Let's start with that one. And, I mean, I'll give you a, a minute or so, 30 seconds. Just think about something that you saw in downtown. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, I got it. All right, cool. Go ahead. Shoot. Fuck Officer Fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that on tape. All right, go ahead. Craziest moment. So I used to have that Greg Scott Centurion, orange, pink, silver. Oh, okay. I remember and it was like the first tri bike, but it didn't have any of that tri bike. It was, and I, I had done it, so it was a single speed. I was basically trying to rip your style up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm riding down, and this is before Main Street had train tracks going through it. Yeah, so pre 2001. Two lanes running southbound. Yeah. Two lanes running northbound. I'm running westbound on Walker. Okay. Coming up to Maine, about to take a right, and I'm. This is when I'm with Joey's Pizza, coming back from a delivery. Officer Fish is driving his personal fucking car with his partner in the side. Okay. He moves over to my. I'm in the lane. He moves over, and I'm like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" And I finally go and hit his car, and I'm like, "Fucker, I'm driving here." And we get to that that my right turn on to Maine. Well, his partner throws open, and he shows me his badge. He's like, hey, hey, hey. And they make the turn with me, but they're turning into... I remember this story. Okay. Yeah, a little so bit. So he Come throws on, my going. bike against the window of Foot Locker and cracks the window of Foot Locker. That's right. A Foot Locker used to be in downtown. Right there on Main Street. Yeah. He throws my bike from the street of Maine to the side, like, to the, to the against the wall, uh-huh. but he hit a fucking Foot Locker with it, and it cracked that... I don't know if it was the lower glass or the upper glass, but there was a, a, a gunshot hole through that glass, and I was just like, well, fuck me. <laughs> and I just redone the bike. I mean, just redid the cables and put new tires on it, and so everything's like fucked when I get it back. He throws me up against his car, and my elbow dents his fucking down pillar on his piece of shit Mazda car. And he's like, oh... You just fucked up my car. That's going to be a charge. Wait, what kind of car was he in? It was like a Mazda 323. What What kind of... Oh, wait. What kind of cop was... He was just an undercover? So he was... What um, was he? HPD, special units? He was HPDSO, Special Operations. Uh-huh. Which was um, the people, the, the horse patrol, but it was also undercover. So he and his partner were undercover, but he's driving around in his own goddamn car. They're coming back from fucking lunch. I ended up going to internal affairs and filling out a police report on him. Dude, he just got divorced, uh-huh. and his wife left him for a black woman. That motherfucker could not even handle his wife that she went fucking <laughs> lesbian. Officer fucking Fish turned a woman lesbian. That's how poor of a man that motherfucker is. <laughs> Ooh, let it all out. Come so on, he, so speak used, to the microphone. <laughs> I, used to see, I used to see him in front of uh, directing traffic on 910 Louisiana, uh-huh. or, or in front of you know how it comes up right there on the side. <laughs> I pull up in front of him one day, and he goes, don't I know you? Don't you? Well, you got warrant. And I said, well, first of all, you're doing a private job. You start doing city business, you're gonna have issues. And I said, secondly, I don't have any issues with you. You are the. I said, I'm the guy that got you um, t- kicked off of SO because he did get kicked off of SO and back to regular patrol because of that incident. Well, it was one of several, several. Ag- aggressive or whatever um, complaints or whatever. Fuck that cocksucker. He was a short, balding. Overweight, fucking waste of a man that couldn't handle. I think his I remember him, man. Oh, dude, I hate that fucker. How old and, was he? And I like cops. Uh huh. He was mid thirties when I was, you know, early twenties. So he's probably still ten years older than me if somebody hadn't killed him yet. Yeah, I, I, I barely remember that guy, Officer Fish. Right? Is that what you're saying? He was HPD. HPDSO. 
That was that would you say was probably your craziest moment interaction in downtown? Because it happened so quick, I ended up getting two tickets. With he gave you tickets on top of that, dude. He gave me. It was like I don't know how many you could, how many charges you could put on a ticket, but I got <laughs> that ticket filled up, and then I got another ticket with however many charges on that. I think it was like six total charges. What? I think it was four on one. So and what on happened another. with the 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 case and all this well, and going so, to court? Like one you of the get charges dismissed. Was not having a signaling device on my bike. Uh, see, all that, Come on, all man. All that bullshit that HPD used to. He got everyone a bike. Was it certified or wasn't registered? registered was yeah, that's. So when I went in there, I said, "Your Honor, let's go through these first of all." Okay, do I need to have my bike certified, registered with the city? No. Okay, well, can I get rid of that one? Yeah. So, Dude, no. they made me one time register my bike. Clayton, Officer Clayton. Uh-oh. You know, I still call him every once a year, every twice a year. Just I, to, we stay connected just, every now and then. He, he gave me my first ticket he, in downtown, dude, as, as Metro him, Police. He was, dude. He was, dude. I've always, uh, you know, he bust my balls a couple times, but at the same time, I got to, to know him. Until you realize, yeah. don't. Fuck up it went in front of him when yeah, he Yeah, that's to do that's his all job. that was his job. Don't do anything like smoke weed in front of him or but other than that he was cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, I, every now and then on Facebook, you know, I, not that I'm, you know, on it right now, but you know, he'll hit me up and send me a message or I'll, you know, send him some, or if he posts something, I'll say something on one of his things, that, but Yeah, that just shows But yeah, there were some dude. people that couldn't stand that dude too, man. Well, uh, they, they were probably knuckleheads. Yeah. Like, who was that one that was always getting, uh, was it Ronnie? Ronnie and who? Trash. Uh, one of them. Mark the Narc used to hang out. I don't understand how Mark the Narc used to hang out with that guy because that was one pill popping dude. He would pop pills and, like, Running he'd be. Yes, and drooling on people. Hey, hold on. I ran in the back of a, a cop car one time, but that's uh, another story. That's, <laughs> While the cop was in the car, and I broke. Yeah, I, anyway. <laughs> Mark the Narc used to hang out with this guy uh, all the time. Marcotic. Mark, yeah, we used to call him Marcotic. <laughs> These are one of the mini aliases. If you guys don't know, uh, oh, most messengers all have an alias How come I one or have two. A cool nickname like Marcotic. <laughs> that shit was awesome. Mark the Narc and Marcotic. Like, hey, chicken boy. <laughs> fuck you. Stop putting goddamn chicken bones in my fucking toolbox, fucking twin looking motherfucker. Ah, okay. Um,. That was All probably right. that was probably the funniest moment when I went to get something out of my toolbox and I got a fucking tool case full of hot wing bones from one of the twins. Not not Dave and Doug, but the other twins that were down there. Hungry. No. Not Not the evil twin not and the evil twin what other twins? The, uh, the two brothers, they were they were real athletic. Oh, Luke, Luke, Luke Malaki, and his brother. Uh, damn, those guys. Brother I mean, everybody down there was a character, and they, you know, were um, would play tricks on you. And those dudes didn't ever act like it. And then you turn they around, they were clean and they, cut. Yeah, and they pull like, the biggest prank on you. Like you son of a bitch. You, how do you delace a wheel when I'm not looking? Yeah. All right. I I I'll, I'll go ahead and jump to that 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 next the funniest moment I guess down there. Uh, that I recall, I thought it was kind of funny, but Luke Malaki was actually the machine. That was his alias. Yeah, we called him the right. machine. I saw, I saw him in a triathlon in Beaumont. He was just murdered everybody. Dude, yeah, he was. He had a tattoo of like his arm. I remember it was like his skin was folded over, and it was like you know metal in his That's arm. Cool. But it's pretty cool tattoo. But that dude was a beast he started off as a very novice racer like oh really yeah like tennis shoes and, and platforms and then he went straight you know he started racing hardcore he started racing bike messenger races and then from there he started racing mountain bike races and road races and then he just started destroying the competition man like then when, as i started throwing and everyone started throwing more races and events, he started placing like top three every race but I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and his... uh, There was three of them, I remember. They were twins and then the older brother, which they were all, like, super athletic kind of, like, white dudes, you know? Yeah, they were were bros. Yeah, yeah. But my funniest moment that I remember... It was the whole chicken bone thing. Like I was, I was there, like sitting at the tower one day, and Luke was eating like some chicken wings, 
and uh, your bike was parked. Because he'd have parked. a fucking Ziploc bag <laughs> in his fucking courier bag full of fucking cooked meat. Oh, meat. yeah. He was a very big protein eater. Oh like, he God. paid attention to his nutrition. He was a true athlete. And that was one of those things where I was pissed when I found him. But I'm like, how can you be angry at that? That's fucking hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it. I didn't want it to be my bag, and I didn't want it to be that funny. But geez. Hey, but the, the funniest thing about that, though, is that those bones sat in your tool bag for like six months to eight no. months. No, I swear, no. it was a long time. Dude. You didn't notice it. <laughs> it until one day you came to Tower and Luke was sitting there or something. He's like, I wonder if Mason still has those bones. That's this is what's funny about it. See, but this is the thing is I was I was going into 7-Eleven, Louisiana, locking up at 7-Eleven, Louisiana, uh-huh. and I had to go into that thing, and he's riding past me. And I'm pulling out these bones, and I'm like, start. He's laughing. I'm like, did you do that, you big fucking carnivore motherfucker? And it was only like a week after that. I could have sworn it was longer, Mason. But Luke, I, Luke, I remember when it when it you out. pulled it out. They, but they had been sitting there. The, the funny, the ironic thing about that is that those bones sat in your tool bag underneath your seat. <laughs> but that's the thing is that fucking Luke cleaned those things and it was just... Yeah, it was just bone. Yeah, yeah. It's it. like he ate the tendons and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> the skin. They were just a straight bone, dude. <laughs> Like damn, he, out of that oh, yeah, no shit. But I, I just remember like when you opened the bag and then you found out they were in there after they had been sitting in there for a while, and I just remember laughing about. It. I was like, damn. Yeah. But that's how. Okay, Chicken Boy. That's your AKA. I remember everyone knowing you as Chicken Boy, and that's how you got your name. Even though, what's the whole story about the actual Chicken Boy? Like, he's an artist, right? He's an artist. An artist out of Houston. Do you right. know who he is? I uh, never met I him. To him. I It was either MySpace or early Facebook that I hooked up with him. Because remember how he had those hand-drawn stickers of a dude? Yeah, with like and a... somebody said, it looks like Mason, and I became Chicken Boy. Definitely. Yeah, that's... And, everybody and then the said, chicken bones, it all correlated together, that, dude. That was, that was at least a year after, after that. that happened. Okay. 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 When it started, somebody said... Cause Chicken Boy had either come through because he was already in New York. He had either come through and stickered the place up, or somebody knew him and gave him a bunch of stickers. But somebody said those stickers look like Mason. That's what pissed me off. Is I didn't want to take that dude's name because I was trying to be an artist and I didn't want to be Chicken Boy having to go. I'm not that Chicken Boy, but also have this dude come back and go, motherfucker, you stealing my, my name? name. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. These fuckers those... won't stop calling me. That's right because I I, I knew. Some people actually thought that was you, the sticker. Right. Like, you know, it's like, oh, Mason came up with this sticker. He, he like, kind of coined himself. With the Chicken Boy sticker. Wish. Yeah. No, no I'm not that smart. <laughs> but somebody already fucking had the name. Yeah, the it was thing. right around the time, though. Like, you know, it wasn't too far a difference. But then people started calling you Chicken. That was, like, your alias in downtown, the whole Chicken Boy thing. But I thought that was kind of... It was just kind of ironic how those two kind of fell in place. But I, I knew that wasn't you. Like, I knew Chicken Boy Did was... Did you know him? I never met him, but I knew of him. What circle was he in? He was part of that whole artist thing. But a lot of bike messengers were artists, but some other bike messengers like knew Scott, who he was. Like Scott, yeah. Scott, Scott okay. like, I think, yeah. Dude, yeah, that I mean... That was badass. I, damn. That dude was... Yeah, he was a trip, band, He was in Ashes. Yes. Um, my yes. buddy Jago, that worked at Guitar Center for so long, yeah. was a percussionist. Those guys. They were jamming. I've seen them play a couple times. Uh, but I remember we played a show with them, and I was like, we're going to not do well. They were actually, I mean, he worked in downtown oh, for a good three or four years, I remember. But he always had that mohawk with a dreadlock coming on the end with like some rings attached and it was different color but yeah he was, he was always like the super nice he was nice he was really nice like, guy yeah so nice weirdo he looked yeah he looked like you didn't want to mess with him but he was a super nice guy man i remember and i mean and always super supportive when he playing again i'm like dude yeah <laughs> i wonder what like, happened that guy dude i'd love to interview him you know what i'm saying there's there's a lot people of people like man yeah he was talented yeah. he was very talented dude so okay second thing what was one of the funniest moments that you could recall? I mean, I'll give you a second to think about that. But something that you were in downtown, and whether it was a trash in or scammer, those dudes were usually the biggest jokers in downtown. Splat moment. Uh, hell, Marlin trying to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Marlin. Uh, 
I don't know. There's so many, man. I just like you gotta like open up your head and dig yeah, into I the mean, archives. It, I mean, there's, there's so many, dude. There's a hundred right there at the tower that day that they had that double ended dildo and. Oh my God! Ronnie had it sticking out of his shorts when during lunchtime, and everybody's walking out, and they're walking past Ronnie, and they're freaking out because there's a giant dick hanging out of his shorts, and you know, I had a buddy that managed that building, and so you know, anytime something bad would happen, I would hear about it that day later. Hey, can you guys, <laughs> can you guys move? He was the reason. He he built that park across the street for us, for y'all. Yeah. Can't, Stop. That away. was uh, towards the end of my days in downtown, uh, that park. And it's not there anymore. It's gone. Yeah. It's, uh, it was kind of, there was nothing like the tower. Like, I think if we were to do like a little sitcom or something like that and like just dig into everybody's head, it it's would, not it would the be the center of downtown. No, it wasn't. It was it was I mean it was just a couple streets down the road but right. still it was at the biggest building in downtown yeah. and we that would be like the, the iconic the, thing about it but you know the what I'm saying around the outside lint itself to pull up you can sit down right there yeah. on the edge and you know that'd be like you know 30 40 of us just hanging out at one time you know it was so cool I, I mean I, I, being a, a I, bike messenger was probably one of the funnest jobs I've ever had in, uh, seriously in my life like yes I, I, I will forever look back on that job with it, as much as I got picked on, as much as <laughs> I felt I wasn't a part of the group or whatever, it was just the weirdest it was a, group. It of, was the weirdest group. Er, you know, everyone had some type of, of issue, but then there was so much talent. You know what I'm saying? That's what's like, funny about that is you would see the, the initial... The public would see the scum. The scum, exactly. We would even call ourselves the scum, but you would Courier never... Courier scum. Yeah, in, until you got to, to know everybody, everybody had their little deal, that their little art, their little... I mean, you... Most everybody down there was uh, self-starter, self-reliant, you know, self-motivator kind of type person. No matter how antisocial they were, they still had those qualities that they could feed themselves... <laughs> I mean, there were few, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I I always liked watching. I mean, I, I yeah, always, it's called people watching. That's yeah. what you did. And Even if was, you, you sat, you you would sit in the bench like ten feet in front of where everyone used to hang out on the ledge, yeah. and you would sit there and just bust out laughing over something, yeah. something like. That was a good stage. You to, to do sit a, a, a a comedy central skit on that stuff, like. You would have people rolling, dude. Rolling, absolutely rolling. Like, Eric, you know what? It's it's funny because I've traveled all over the place. Hey, just so he does not go without being talked about. Eric, Eric Loudermilk. Oh, rest in peace, yes, Mr. Loudermilk. Yes, sir. Who else? Um, Stitcher. Stitcher. R.I.P. Stitcher. Uh, Daniel Treadway. Super talented guy. One of my favorite guys in downtown. Uh, passed away. Back in 2002. I don't remember that name. Uh, he was real quiet, dude. Uh, kept to himself. Uh, always reading a book, dude. I, I That's what I admired about him. I was like, I would, you know, stand by. He wouldn't hang out at the tower. He would, like, just stand by at the Where Allen we, Centers or 1000. Yeah. He'd just be sitting there reading a book. What was his nickname? Uh, Sasquatch? No. Uh, crap. He did have an alias, too. Uh, Crap, I can't remember right now. I'm so sorry. Daniel Treadway. But he would, he would actually, what I really uh, admire about that dude is, because uh, I, I always, always tend to admire people who read a lot, but I, I try to do that myself these days. Yeah, that shit's hard. <laughs> but it is. Um, but he was an actor. Uh, he did a lot of plays uh, here in Houston, like the underground theaters that, that they had. There's like three of them at the time. Yeah. And, uh, he would always invite me to his place because I always like every time I saw him I sh- we worked together at Houston Express <laughs> I remember uh, he was working there when I was working there and uh, and he w- he acted at these places and he would I'd always any play that he was in I'd go and see him and awesome. the dude was fucking talented man like seriously like he always had the main r- lead role character yeah. 
And uh, I would actually go to these plays and write reviews and put them in humidity. Uh, if you look at a couple of issues, back I issues, remember, like uh, I remember, I was going, where the, where yeah, the, where does this come from? Yeah, because Daniel Treadway awesome. was the lead actor in a lot of those plays. He was real clean cut, wasn't he? He, he was too. His hair was kind of bushy. He had like a little afro, but he was, you know, just maybe about your height. He was slim, but like he dressed. No, he was just like shorts. So he was always wearing sunglasses, and. Uh, he was just a real chill dude. And it was funny because I would never expected the the acting part to come out of him. But, like, it's kind of like he got on stage, and I was like, who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? In downtown, he's just a quiet dude who just reads books all day, you know? And when he got on stage, he would just, like, would turn on, and he'd be, like, just, he'd be in the character. You know? And, you know, that, that kind of helped me. Like, anytime I got on stage and would do events, <laughs> like, yeah, kind of like, I kind of took, I learned from him that you just kind of just black out everybody that's in front of you, and then you become somebody. Like, when, whenever I do gold sprints, like, I'd get in a character sometimes, and I would kind of think about him. Like, you know, he was just like a normal dude, but when he got on stage, he just kind of just, and I tell people that whenever someone hires me for gold sprints, I'll, just, I'll say, like, yeah, I'm, you know, kind of the way I am right now. You might not see it, but when I get on stage, I turn into somebody totally different. It's like That's I get possessed. For, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. paying for the entertainment of me, and I learned that from Daniel Treadway. Rest in peace. He was one of my favorite dudes in downtown, but uh, he t- tragically passed away. Um, he actually got he was drinking uh, and fell asleep, and and and. Grew up in his sleep and passed away. Who was like the ACDC guy, the lead singer for ACDC? Didn't he pass away like that? Scott, the original. Yeah, he died like that in his car. I remember he he died in his Porsche. He like passed out and threw up and choked on his own vomit. That's why I don't Yeah, but it was it was sad. I remember because it, it went through downtown. I was like, oh my god, this dude was so talented, man, and he he just died. So yeah, but he I, lived, right? I yeah. Mean, he was good, man. Uh, people, I think I saw in the Houston Press, they did a little article on him too. A lot of uh, people wrote in some real, you know, hardcore stuff cool. into him, and I, I actually dedicated the knack uh, to him because he died right before the knack happened back in 2002. So I put his name on the shirt. But he was just such a down-to-earth, cool guy. You know, he was never boasting or bullshitting you or cracking jokes. He was just. Very honest, you know, calm, chill, cool guy. It was good people. Sure. So, but yeah, how did we go off into that? But I, I hollered did, out. Did, did you actually, funniest moment? That had to do with the chicken wing, would you say, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, that or uh, that dude that worked at Radio Shack that owned the Fiero that came down and. Oh, wait, I don't know about this. Hold on. Radio Shack. That used to be in downtown, too. It's in not the, there the, no more. Yeah, in the park Dude, shop. Dude, you you brought up Foot Locker and then Radio Shack. Like, so the, so the, there was a, like this nerd kid that started working at the Radio Shack, and he comes walking up one day, and he's got like the old school cell phone on his belt. He's like... I want to become a bike messenger. And like two or three days later, this dude shows up on like a Walmart bike. And, um, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I remember I'm sitting there with Trash Chick and I'm, I'm looking towards that big, ugly Picasso sculpture. Trash Chick's right here. And Trash Chick is sitting there goes, look. And I turn around and, th- <laughs> and this kid is coming from where that Burger King was across yeah. ca- Capitol, I guess. Texas, whatever. Texas. And he's Capital. gonna he's gonna come up onto the sidewalk yeah. where the tower is. Yeah. But he's doing like thirty miles an hour on a fucking Walmart bike and he just hits the little dip there and just goes airborne and off the bike. Dude. And he like cartwheeled and it was slow motion. I was just like Aah! Onto the sidewalk? Like onto a- the sidewalk. But I think he ended up onto the street and he that was the last day he was there, dude. And remember he pulled oh, up in that Fiero a couple times and we're just yeah, like... Yeah, I remember now. How come this thing hadn't blown up yet? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I knew a couple of guys that had Pontiac Fieros. Dude, back in the day, Fieros were the shit. They, they were. It's a rear-wheel drive. The motor they, sat in the back of the car. They would be a cool car. Yeah. Like, because it's a... Well, no. It was, it was a two-seater. Ugly. I mean, they only made them for a couple of years, I remember. And they... 
It was a trippy car. My homeboy had one. I, uh, I knew a couple people that had one, but that was a, that was a funny car. But as to what you were saying, on September 11th, I'll never forget, I, I was riding up to the tower, and everyone's just evacuating. Like, everyone's just, you know, getting out of downtown. We're like, oh, my God, you know, what's going on? Everyone's sitting, all the curves sitting there at the tower. And like, what do we do? You know, like, well, it looks like everyone else is going home. But I, you know, let's all go home, too. But I remember rolling up to the tower, and uh, I was just, you know, rolling up, about to hop onto the curb. And, man, I remember I, I, you know, lifted up my front wheel, and I was going to lift up my back. And I just remember endoing in front of a ton of people, like, (laughs) evacuating from the tower, just in front of, like, splat, like, right in front of. And everyone just bust out laughing. I was like, damn. But anyways, we ended up going to Marconi's. Another funny name, Marconi and, and Dustin's apartment complex. And we all stopped at Specs in downtown. We all bought a bottle of liquor, each one of us. There was like 20 bottles of liquor. And Dusty bought out his TV in front of the, the pool. Like an, yeah, it was an apartment. There was a pool in the middle. There's probably like a 10plex or something. And we just sat there and got drunk watching the World Trade Center you know, fall Probably down. It was up. just unbelievable, though. Like, I'll never forget that day. But I, when it happened, I called in. I remember it's like, do we come into work today? And Tex got on the phone. I'm sure you remember Tex. Because I Red, called in. Red Light? What was it? Uh, from Roadrunner. Red Tex Red. from Roadrunner. I said, look, it looks like, you know, we're under <laughs> attack. I was like, uh, <laughs> do we have to come into work today? And he said to me, look, he, he said, even though I'm an independent contractor, you know, he's like, if you don't come into work today, he goes, you won't have a job. That's what he said to me, man. So I went ahead and I was living at Intercontinental Airport at the time. So, man, I drove in and got to downtown around 930, 10 o'clock, and everyone was just, like, scattering like roaches, man. Like, I mean, I used to park, like, sometimes when I drove in, I'd park on the outskirts, like, on West Dallas, and then I would just ride in, but... It was just incredible, like the amount of people that were evacuating the city. I don't know if you remember Brian, Miami Brian. Yeah. Of course, you know Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. Uh, he he Still he. Actually, sorry for being an asshole, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget this too. He took a bus. I think he was coming from D.C. or he was making wow. some stops, like I don't know, along the way. Yeah. And Greyhound parked in main you know on the main street greyhound station you know down over here yeah yeah, yeah. and he right got down. off the bus to september 11th happening and i thought damn what a way to come into the city you know what i'm saying you get off the bus with your bicycle and trying to figure it out yeah yeah you're like oh my god the city's under attack could they blow up you know the city here of houston and houston was a target i, I believe at a time because it's the energy capital you know of yeah, the yeah. united states yeah. so it didn't cross my mind. I was like, man, something were to happen, I guess we'd all die here, hit the pool, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, drinking. Yeah, at least I got a bottle. So, but that was that was a trippy moment in the history of downtown. That and of course the Enron, uh, the collapse of Enron. See, you weren't in. Oh yeah, that actually happened in two thousand and two, I think, or one. It was two thousand one. But that's another story. I, cool shit. Uh, I was I was in downtown when that happened. Those boy, they were flying like fly. They were, everyone was companies were. Just Did y'all dropping. just go over to the building and watch it happen? Like what? people filing out of the building. Are you talking about during? No, like that day that Enron shut down and they kicked out everybody said, get your shit and get out. Yeah, everyone was walking out with boxes. Yeah, did, y'all, did y'all just ride over there? <laughs> oh walk? yeah, of course the news. I mean, everything was kind of leading to that. There was always a news camera out there, you know. Recording some oh, type yeah, of I guess, yeah. yeah, so like I mean it was it was slowly happening you know day by day more people would walk out. But I remember I jumped in the elevator with Ken Lay, or he jumped in the elevator when I was already in the federal courthouse. And he was just like laughing away, dude, like asking me questions. Oh, what's it like being a bike mister? I was like, I almost want to say, what's it like being in the federal courthouse? This is, this is after it. This is during while he was on trial and all that. Or he, you know, and then what a coincidence! He dies. I, I had a friend, a childhood best friend. Well, he um, was none but smiles when I saw him. Well, that dude already had it planned out, right? Yeah, he. 
Um, he's in Montana somewhere in the mountains. No, I bet you that fool is dead. But I bet you he was like, if all I got to do is be able to get out of jail. If I can stay out of prison, I won. Because mm-hmm. guys like that don't go to prison. Yeah. Him? Yeah. And then that was, that was something, man. Uh, I remember I used to make a lot of deliveries to Enron, too. Uh, I worked at Houston Express, and I had the night shift. And that's that's where most most of the guys, me and Super Dave, had the night shift. Matter of fact, I talked to Super Dave. I, I told you. Yeah. I hadn't spoken to him in almost 10 years. I spoke to him yesterday. I see. I don't... I, I don't get on Facebook except for doing stuff at work. Uh-huh. And I saw that the other day when I was initially logging on your yeah. post that you saw him or whatever. Uh-huh. I thought somebody had seen him just a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, maybe like four years ago they took a picture of him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew it. It, it was been. like four or five years, but the rumor started last year that he had passed away. Like he was on one of his excursions. What's, what's the other? What's he do? He goes from here. Does he live here and then go somewhere else, or is it just one of his? No, nah, he lives here. Okay. Right now, he. I was talking to him yesterday. He told me that uh, he had broke his leg like wow. five years ago, and it cost him to get off because he was a moped right. courier. I remember that. And then uh, he got he hit a mud spot or something, and he slid and broke his leg. And from there, he's been driving. He said. uh... Uh, the past three years, he's put like sixty thousand miles on this car. Well, I put fifty thousand. Damn, year. for real! And uh, since last year, since you got your ride, that's a lot of driving, dude. Fifty thousand. I mean, I know there's some drivers out there who put on maybe a little bit more. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I haven't put on as many as I could have. Don't tell the boss. Hey, kid, make sure to edit this part out. Cut. All right, here yeah. we go. Let's keep going. So, um, I guess, uh, I don't know, if you have something to say, man, you know, say it now. Uh, we're, we're at about 40 minutes right now into it, dude. It went by pretty fast. Well, I got my list of grievances, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with you, motherfuckers. I remember first. No, um, you know, to me, I just, uh, that will always be a time that I remember as having a lot of fun. Um, none of... At no point in my life have, have I ever had a lot of responsibility or um, purpose. But, I mean, to me, getting up and doing that, I felt like it was a needed job. There weren't other people that had the balls to go out and do it. And, you know. That is true. Because I'll tell you now, there are a lot of guys who didn't last three days or a day. There was a guy who got a job. His name was Max. Of course, it was raining and it was like forty degrees outside. <laughs> That's a bad day. And to start. He, yeah, he started work and then I never saw him again. He's like, "Fuck this job." And he goes, "I ain't coming back." So yeah, and for guys to do it, you know, for multiple years. I mean, hell, I, I was I was admittedly a horrible courier. I was bad at directions. I take the worst routes. When I got to the courthouse, I didn't know when the fuck I was supposed to go. I didn't know the difference between. County and you know city. Probate, I didn't know the I didn't know, I'd have to go in there federal. and like go to the window until they'd go. Oh no, you're in the wrong hole. And I'd go. Okay, well let me go plug myself into this one, and then I'd eventually get to the right one. I was the worst courier, but I mean I fucking did it for that long. So what you're saying? You're how long were you there? Maybe about four or five years. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good run, dude. I think. To know, me though, I, I think a couple of it. A couple of it had to be at Joey's. Yeah. And a lot of people, like, they they were there for, like, two or three years, and then you didn't see them for, like, a year or so, and then they'd always come back. Some guys always came back. They'd get another job, like, working in an office. Or, yeah, there's, like, yeah, I knew I get just, this job. Like, I knew I I'm going back to bike. riding a bike. Yeah. And, I mean, I used to ride from – did you ever go with me out to Jake's? Mm, where did Jake live? No, Jake's really sick. No, where was that? Uh, Chimney Rock and West Ham. No. Like Alberta worked there, and, and when I didn't feel like working, I'd ride out to the Galleria uh-huh. and eat lunch and then come back. Uh, All right, that, I'm back. And, yeah. It I was mean, that li- kind of freedom, though, too. Yeah. You, know, you could take an hour, two-hour lunch. or I, Hey, I never took a lunch, really. Like, I would just... I'd, Whenever I'd you work, time. Yeah, like, I'd eat on the run because, like, I mean, that's how I made money, you know? And the, you know, you'd be on standby for 15, 20 minutes. Hell, you can buy a meal and eat it, and yeah. then, you know, be good to go. 
So or I'd bring my food and just, you know, eat on the run. Like, I wouldn't. Some guys like Chris Farrow, Mr. Asshole, Luigi, oh, One Eye. Yeah. See, dude, I never thought he was an asshole. He just, he was an old, he was just a, I mean, like most careers was a fucking know-it-all. And, he was that guy. And if you got he knew in everything. the way of his facts, he was going to tell you what yeah, his facts were. He knew were. everything. But that a lot of us were very intelligent. For real. like High information people. Yeah, I would be like, what? You know what would disturb me about Mr. Like, Daniel Treadway was a very intellectual guy. And I was like, what are you doing working down here as a bike messenger? But a lot of it had to do with just, you know, that whole freedom thing. I could, I could, perform, I could stay up and, and mess with music as late as I wanted to. I could go out and have a show on a Thursday night and call in sick on Friday and still have a job on Monday. Yeah. The so, freedom. Yeah. And, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't ever pursue music like I wanted it to be my career, but, you know, it was a perfect job to be as lazy as I was. Oh, actually, uh, this, I guess something else I wanted to ask you, I forgot to jot it down, but, okay, Mason, Courtney, you, dude, you've always been into the music scene, dude. Like, you play a, a ton of instruments. You uh, you've been with several bands. Uh, just go ahead and 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 list you know to the audience like what type of music you know well type of music you play, the instruments you play, and like the bands you've been with. Because a lot of these bands have you know, you've played all over town, you know, with these bands too. So this is the Mason Courtney that I actually know, the Mason Courtney guy who who, who does his music and. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys, Mason Courtney has the skills to make a bamboo bike. Like, I actually, I ride one. I've been riding one for, shit, what, six years now? I've had that bike. That bike is like six years old, and it's still a bike. I'll never get rid of it. It's it's the trick of the trick if as bike. We can rebuild it. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? and I love it. And it's it's got my favorite color in it, green. Green. So uh, I mean, you're you're a very talented individual too, Thanks, dude. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, actually, you helped me set up this podcast. So, <laughs> and we will make it better. Yeah, we will make it better. Uh, sorry if you guys hear a little uh, Spanish. Uh, <laughs> Uh, background noise, but I'm sitting up in in the in the the studios right now, the attic, and there's a little background feedback. But uh, we're gonna try to fix that for the next episode. But I mean, just I guess you can just kind of go off on like the music that you do. I remember when you were in that FSR, that band with that girl, and Fernando, Alberto, uh, Alberto. dude, that was a badass group, dude. That was probably one of my favorite groups that that you were in. Like what you know? What was up with that? And you know the breakup with that. I mean, dude, you you you've had your hands tied in so many things. Like, you know. Well, I've been lucky mostly, because um, Alexis, the girl singer in FSR, worked at Brooks Brothers, that was in the Park Shops Mall. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember seeing her. And there. me being so lazy, walking through the fucking <laughs> mall, I would I found her and I was like, oh, she's hot. I'm gonna hang out with her. And then she could sing. And she like, could sing her oh ass God, off, dude. That girl's got some pipes. And she still does it. She really? sings with some kind of touring uh, choir in Georgia. Like they go to different what? places and do performances. She's a girl. That she works at it. It's like a job that she does. But she also has another job. It's fucking awesome. Um. Uh. What? <laughs> I know, right? What? I can play bass. I yeah. can play guitar. Uh, you can play drums a little bit, right? A little bit. I'm better at programming a drum machine. Okay, uh, I know. I've seen you get down with that. I that's, mean, I, that's what I like the most because that's where I'm allowed to be most isolated and by myself to create what I want. That's what I've never really liked about bands is that you have to deal with another personality, and I don't deal with personalities well. <laughs> um, so with a band in a box like a, a Mac, where you can have all these plugins that are lifelike instruments, I mean, that's that's what FSR has always been. I originally started it to be a cooperative between male and female. Okay. Where I, I think art is best when it's layered, and I think if you can look at art from not only a male but also a female perspective and see the beauty in that art that's the best way to see art I as a male can't give a female perspective and that's what Alexis was to that band she was badass dude. that girl is still I badass. thought I thought I was like damn this girl's got skills yeah. boy for real yeah. like, and just a phenomenal human being too I mean 
and I, I felt like sometimes I don't have no, I mean, I, I do a little promoting. I don't do a lot, but like, I was like, dude, I should be these guys promoter. So like, I thought hey, for a second, like, I was like, let me help these guys out because the dude y'all that were, managed the building in downtown, yeah. he was our manager. And he's uh-huh. like, dude, if you guys can apply yourself a little bit, I will get you millions of dollars. And we were just like, <laughs> we just want to like trip X and record at four o'clock in the morning to piss off the, the federal, the federal probation. <laughs> That's probably one of my funny. He, she was a federal probation she, officer. She was a federal probation officer. She worked at Five Fifteen Ruskin. I'd deliver there sometimes, and she'd be like, "Mason, hello," and I'd be like, "Oh, oh dear. you're my neighbor," because <laughs> I'd never remember who she was because I'd always be high when I'd see her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for those of y'all, let me enlighten you. I used to call Mason sometimes, and just and 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 he'd answer the phone. And how would you do it, Mason? How would she do it? Give me the give me the voice impersonation. Okay, so, well, I gotta give you a little backstory. Alexis and I would record. We, okay, we you lived in a duplex, right? We lived in a fourplex with Beth and Sean. Sean. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They, they lived, lived next. There, yeah. Later, yeah, yeah. Crazy times. So we would get in other worlds. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had a federal probation officer that lived below us, and we would be recording at like three o'clock in the morning, trying to be as quiet as we could, headphones, yeah, you know. But she'd hear the walking around or whatever. And she'd you'd, you'd you'd hear her door open, and so we'd kind of stop what we were doing, and and then you hear the creaking footsteps come up, and you Nathan, Nathan. So Alexis and I'd be out of our gourds, and we'd be like. <laughs> It was fucking me. And we'd be like, yeah. Eat the little make, keep it down. And we'd be like, yeah. <laughs> the first time it ever happened, we, we tried to be nice. We went, uh, we, we didn't sleep in the same room, but I remember just being out of my gourd and I'm laying down and I'm like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> and I started laughing at thinking about all that and I heard Lexus start laughing. <laughs> so we ended up getting up, going, oh, we got to go walk around or something because we're just too. But, yeah, so that was the funny part. thing though is like I used to call you yeah, okay, and you so. would answer the phone. Mason, and it's a little loud up here. Can you please turn down the music? <laughs> and I'd be like, why are you saying this to me? <laughs> like, why every time do I, I had no reason why you would answer the phone like when I'd call you that way? And I'm like, and then you told me the story, and then I was like, ah, but then I thought it was really funny because I knew you'd you be up late. You gave me some backstory, Mason. I can laugh yeah. along with now you. Now I know what's oh, going on because I know you'd be up recording, and then this lady would be like, can you please? And then you would call me, and I'd start answering the phone that way. I'd be like, Mason, can you please turn down the music? It's a bit loud. But, oh, God, that was Bless that her was heart. Funny Sorry, moment. lady, that yeah. probably ruined the life of Yeah, that was pretty, pretty hilarious. So, okay, so we're back to... Music, making. Oh. Give me some of the bands you're with. Name, name some bands. Uh, I, know, I know you were uh, with quite a few. So the band, I know you did some producing for a, a yeah, bunch yeah. of bands, too. So I was in a band called um, Simeon Revolt that was um, that ended up being called Irene, and it's three brothers, mm-hmm. Dan, Oscar, and Hector Oviedo. Look those guys up. They named the band after their grandmother, Irene, I-R-E-N-E. They are an absolutely phenomenal band. Um, I was not good enough to play with those guys because they were they were brothers. They had a special connection, and I'm a fucking... And they were Mexican, and they had this rhythm, and this white dude goes, I want to be in your band, man. <laughs> and they were like, cool. And it lasted for, what, a year? We made an album. It was a fucking badass album, but I, I was not good enough to play with those dudes. Um... Who well, FSR, that was you that, and... Yeah, me and Alexis. But that was always kind of like a side project. It was okay. never, you know, something that we went after. But y'all made... You gave me a couple of your CDs with, you know, a couple of EPs. Yeah, and we played you know. some shows, but... Because we were a band in a box where we were making everything performance tracks, we weren't doing really anything live. Uh-huh. It, it was hard to translate the project. the stage. Yeah, you know, okay. What we wanted to do was do a lot of visuals, but it was just... Yeah, I remember you saying that back then. Yeah, as drugs well. on the weekend was so much easier, man. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I was in Pinch of Gringos for a little bit. Um, one best hard rock of the year, one year. But that's no big deal. You know. Uh, who else was I with? That's really it. Yeah. I was. I played for a little bit with three or four bands, but don't even really want to talk about those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I 
I got hooked up with a guy named James Louie that was running a, a website called 420radio.com. Yeah, I remember you were part of that for a while. That was where I was um, in the scene the most. I was able, I had a job at Fitzgerald at the time too. Um, and so I was doing a lot there and I was dealing with a, a lot of bands there. So 420 Radio was basically a site where a band could put up MP3s, but we also tried to become a service website where we would record their band for them, make t-shirts, stickers, whatever. And then we would, on the backside, try and sell their product, set up shows for them. We put together a compilation. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I remember you going off to venturing. You uh, yeah. were uh, we, uh, me, and a couple of people bought Texas Music Studios. Yeah, that used to be down on uh, Highway Three in uh, Soho, South Houston. And then I remember you interacted with Face Mob, Scarface himself. Oh my God, I got a story with him last week, dude. So he's a left-handed guitarist. He plays guitar. Yeah. Um, there's a left-handed guitar store out on Bel Air called Southpaw Guitar. Uh-huh. So I, I, that's my, I go there all the time. So um, I'm pulling up there, money in the power. What? You're jamming that while you're rolling? You got the money in the power. And I'm like, okay, let's put my white guy back on. Because the guy that owns the place is an old Christian crazy dude that's uh-huh. like, ah, I feel the power of Jesus. So I can't be walking in there with money in the power. So, and I'm stoned as fuck. So I'm like, I want to get a high-performance Les Paul. Uh-huh. It's a $2,300 guitar. I've been looking at it, but when you wait, it's a 10-pound guitar, and I don't want 10 pounds. So I went, and I, I, Jimmy, let me see this guitar. I went, and I went around the corner in Southpaw Guitar to, to jam on this guitar a little bit, and it's just too fucking heavy. I'm coming back around the corner, still fucking high. Fucking Scarface is standing right there. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't remember what I said, but it was fucking retarded. And by the end of it, he was just like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> I I ended up, I tried to give him the guitar, but I'm sitting there going, oh, shit, did he hear me singing money in the mouth? <laughs> I did the money, did he hear me singing his song? So, so I said, please take this guitar from me. I don't work here. And he goes, I don't work here either. And I said, I know, but if I don't, if you don't take it from me, I'm going to buy it. And he goes, I don't want that goddamn thing. <laughs> so I said, all right, here you go. I put it back up there. And he's like, why don't you want it? And he goes, you got to walk out of here with a guitar. And I'm like, well, fuck this motherfucker for trying to make me buy a guitar, Scarface. Thank you very much. And I said, here's the problem. I want, I, I don't like a guitar unless I can look at it and it's symmetrically the same. A, a Gibson SG is, it looks the same on either side, left or right. Love that guitar. But I need a Les Paul because of the sound. Well, this Les Paul's 10 fucking pounds. It's like putting up, you know, a courier bag over your shoulder and, and having to jam with it and be happy with it. So the thing's too heavy. So, but I came around the corner. I'm like, did you hear me singing his music? That would be embarrassing. <laughs> and then I'm too high, so I can't think about it. I'm like, take this guitar from it. He's like, I don't want it. Like, oh, shit, talking like an idiot. So I'm standing there all red in the face. And at this place, they let you go behind the counter. So I'm putting the guitar up. And I'm like red in the face. And he's standing right there where I got to go out. But he won't move. So I'm just like. Finally, there was some. There's a big TV right there, and, and that's where all the security cameras are. And they're trying to find this guy that walked in with a bag. There's a big long story, so I'm just sitting here like, God damn, I just made a fool of myself in front of Scarface, and I don't feel like being here anymore. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. But he he like looks at me like, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna continue making an ass of myself. You <laughs> be my friend. Yeah, Scarface, one of my my favorite rappers and I, maybe I'm being biased but. and I need to get I could have I could have not been a fucking asshole and been like dude I bought three books from you can I get them signed yeah and that's months? right because my uh, the you gave me one of those books and it's sitting right there on, on my, read my, my I read two chapters of it I still have it yeah reading's hard like I said I love to read these days and I just I start reading that and I was like oh I gotta go do this so I'll have to come back but I mean, yeah, I've had that book like almost a couple years now, <laughs> maybe longer than that, but I've only read two chapters of it, but I need to finish it. I need to finish it. So, uh, yeah, I need to finish it. That's it. Same like this podcast. Yeah, I need to finish it. So, well, hell, money in the power. Money in the power. Money in the power. 
I was going to sing that while you do the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Uh, I'd probably get in trouble for that, but putting that as the intro for this one. Why? You ain't making money off yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not. It's free. And you're not putting it out yeah. anywhere. Hmm, there you go. And yeah. you could probably do with a little suing. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be good advertising. Right. So there you have it. Um, I'm going to wrap up this issue of Humanity Podcast. So I'm sitting here with, the, I guess, multi-talented Mason Courtney, a.k.a. Chicken Boy. Mason, it's been a pleasure sitting down with you right here and doing this. Uh, when I do the actual audio, we can sit here and make faces and show our expressions. <laughs> we need pee poppers. Pee poppers. So uh, when that time comes, uh, I'll invite you on to the show again. And uh, we'll make that happen. Are you gonna put? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold them up, swell them up, dude. Hold them up, swell them up. Are you gonna put this one out? <laughs> yes, oh this boy. one will be out. Uh, oh boy, I shouldn't have talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we're cool. Yeah, well, cool. It's been a pleasure, Mason. Thank, Thank you for bro. giving me an hour of your time. Thank, Thank you. you, and it's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, I'll be interviewing another uh, uh, famous. Houston Courier bike messenger from back in the day. Uh, (laughs) We'll let you know who that is when the time comes. We out. Peace.